We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. You both. Yes, welcome, welcome back to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. I'm Devin Wade, hanging out with you, and we have a full, wonderful episode for you this time out. I hope this episode finds you safe and well, and I hope everybody around you is safe and well, and I hope you are practicing social distancing and staying away from folks so we can get over this uh, this terrible, terrible virus that is plaguing the United States and the world it's a terrible, terrible thing, but it's a uh, a relief to be able to talk a little bit about some things uh, related to sports and some not just sports talk in the second half of the show. So let me give you a rundown. First of all, welcome. want to remind you guys of a couple of things. First and foremost, I want you guys to remember to go to the website, wadeswordproductions.com, for all things Sports Talk with Devin Wade and all the different things that I'm involved with. And also, when you're there, please subscribe to the email list so you can be a part of the email list so we can keep you abreast of what's going on. And infrequently, we will send our podcast and also, actually, uh, emails. And also, I want to remind you guys to call the sports line. That is 832 one four that's eight three two nine four one six six one four 24 hours a day you can leave your take your opinion and you can talk about whatever you want to talk about and in this case you're going to need that number because I'm going to do something special uh, for you guys in light of the fact that we are in seclusion, a, a relative seclusion. And I know a lot of folks are essential personnel and they don't have the luxury or I mean, I say that that's a sort of the luxury of staying safe in the home. I'll say that and you have to go out and about and get involved in all of this. So I hope you guys are well. Hope you uh, have uh, taken note of the information I gave out. I want you to hit me up on social media. I want you to go to the website. I want you to give me a call. This time out, we have a couple of guests. We have Mark Gray, veteran sports uh, broadcaster, sports journalist. He's been involved in sports in the DMV and D.C. area and Atlanta and all over. Uh, he worked for ESPN for a time. So, uh, yeah, Mark Gray's been everywhere. And, of course, he's a big-time friend of the show. He's coming up. We also have Kalina. Now, our very own special teams unit member, Kalina. But this time out, she's doing a little bit of stuff related to sports. But primarily, it's not just sports talk. We'll talk to her about some things going on in local theater. She is a thespian, and uh, she is a professional actor, and she's involved deeply with local community and professional theater. So we'll talk about that in the second half. Also, we have the usual suspects. We have headlines. We have a We the People segment. And, of course, we have the Lamont Award and Before I Let Go. Now, we're also doing something new this time because I want to give back to you guys. This is sort of not related to that, but it, it is. I'm thinking about it and trying to do, do something nice to lift your spirits. So I'm going to ask you guys at some point a trivia question. If you call in the phone line, 832-941-6614, if you're the first person to call, I will send you a Sports Talk with Devin Wade t-shirt. Okay, now we have limited sizes, so you kind of get what you get. So if it fits you, I mean, I want to know your size. And if we have it in stock, you got it. If not, 
Well, make sure you get it to a relative, a friend, an uncle, a child, somebody. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we hope that you're the right size and we have a size that fits you when you answer the trivia question. So all that's going on, but I am so glad to be here. I've sort of not been doing the podcast. I've sort of been lost, like a lot of folks trying to figure this thing out trying to recover from my own little cough that I've had since January and I'm doing better, but I'm not, I, I'm, I tell you what, I'm nervous about leaving the house. I mean, I have an Afro now looking like one of the silvers looking, looking like, looking like the Jackson circa 1976. So, I mean, Hey, it's, it's rough over here. And so I've decided not to shave. Now I can shave, but I said, I'm not gonna, I'm going to look like Jeremiah Johnson or, or uh, I mean, that's an old reference or Dave Letterman with his long white beard or, or somebody. I mean, just like I just had hair everywhere. It's just, it's a bad look. Not in eating things that I shouldn't eat. I went and bought ice cream. You know, I buy stuff that I don't even buy ice cream. I buy, I'm buying all sorts of stuff and just eating all throughout the day. Time has no meaning trying to get back on the schedule trying to work this thing out and get more regimented. And uh, and that will allow me to bring you some not just sports talk. So uh, we want to have guests throughout who not only talk sports, but also uh, some folks who are very interesting to have a conversation with, or at least we hope so anyway. So with that, let's get into some headlines. In headlines, well, there are a number of things going on that have happened since the last time I've come to you guys. Uh, but today, it looks like the Masters will be postponed until November. I don't know how that is going to look from a weather standpoint. You're trying to play in November. I think it hurts Tiger Woods. And again, we don't know what's going to happen and if we'll even be able to continue then. I would anticipate that somehow, some way, we'll be back to some semblance of normalcy come November. But November uh, is, I don't, do you go, you're going up against college football on Saturday? And you're going up against the NFL on Sunday? I don't know. Now, I heard this idea pitch that maybe you could play it in the middle of the week. Now, that would be a good thing. But again, uh, so much can possibly be going on in the months of September, October, November. You may have the NBA Finals at some point. Or you will have the beginning. Obviously, you will have the beginning of the NBA season. And you'll have the NFL. And then you'll have the Masters. And then you'll have a number of other things as people will try to get in events that were scheduled for this time of year. The U.S. Uh, the U.S. Open, the women, I know it's been postponed. The men as well. I think the British Open is postponed as well. So most things will continue to be postponed for the foreseeable until we can figure some things out uh, with this illness. Uh, but that's going on. So the Masters in November, uh, it, it'll be interesting. You, they will have to start early because, you know, of course, shorter days in November. Then you have to worry about uh, weather. Uh, but maybe I would think October would be a better fit for them. But they, they're going November. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, that'll be sort of out of character. With so many things that we're used to are not happening. Wimbledon, uh, of course, this will be Masters week right now. So that's not going on. A couple other things I want to mention. I want to get your take on this one as well so you guys can call the sports line and give me your take on this. Bill O'Brien and the Texans come out and sort of defend the trade of DeAndre Hopkins by saying, well, you know, he wanted more money and we weren't able to do that, so we got rid of him. First of all, he had three more years on his deal, so he had time. And if he said, and of course, if he expressed the fact that he wanted money, it's February. March, you got you have time to work this out in any kind of way you want to work it out. 
what I can guarantee you almost certainly was that he was not going to sit out. And I, t I mentioned this before. You look at what Le'Veon Bell did and how he lost money, put himself in a worse situation. He he can claim that he's a winner. But you sat out that whole year. You you cost yourself money. You didn't extend your career. You're still a running back in the NFL. No. <laughs> no. Because they're going to look at the calendar age. They're not going to just look at the tread on the tire. But if you can put it up, maybe you you know maybe you can get that year back. But I I just think that that was a deal that people can look at and say, no, nah, that was a wrong move. So and, and no matter what you say in February and March, we'll, we can pacify you come August and September because you you might sit out of camp. Who cares? Because we, we know through his character what kind of guy he seems to be as a football player. He's gonna show up. He's gonna put in some work. So I have no problems at all with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins wanting more money. You look across the way, and I did the number breakdown. So this year he's supposed to make uh, 12 million. Next year, 13. The next year, 13.9. So for the next three years, on average, you're about averaging about $13 million a year. Now, Amari Cooper just signed. Now, this is what Amari Cooper is going to be making. For this year, he signed a $12 million deal, and I think he, he got a $2 million signing bonus spread out over, the, I guess, the length of the contract. He'll have a $2 million bonus for the next four years after this. But after this year, where he's making 12.9, where he's making about what DeAndre Hopkins is going to make next year, in the next four years, he'll be making $20 million a year. I think that's exactly right. I have those numbers written down. I don't have them in front of me. But $20 million a year. So if you are DeAndre Hopkins saying, there's no way in hell, no way in hell is Amari Cooper a better wide receiver than DeAndre Hopkins. So you look at the market and say, you know what? When I signed my deal, it was a good deal. But guess what? I need more money right now. We saw Julio Jones do it. We see A.J. Green go through whatever he went through. So, you know, of course he's going to want more money. Bill O'Brien makes me want to cuss. And, and I'm not – I'm just not – I just don't feel what he's saying. He did. He spoke these comments on a a conference call with the season ticket holders, and what I don't know. I don't know if anybody challenged him or could talk back or was pissed off. I'm talking about, well, we're not trying to win March. Well, you weren't trying to win January. Not going to Kansas City and blowing that game. I'm so sick of Bill O'Brien. But what's worse? What is worse is that Cal McNair. The owner of the team, well, the the son of of the late Bob McNair, says, "How? Oh, yeah, we love a coach that make bold moves, and we're happy with the direction we're going in." And I mean, it's it's a recipe for mediocrity. They're gonna be right there, middle of the pack, but I think the teams in their division have gotten better. When you look at Tennessee, they found their groove. They found their quarterback. Won't be Mariota this time. It's Ryan Tannehill. They locked him down. And you have a formula. You have a great offensive line. You're running the ball well. And they made a couple of other additions on that team. So they're better. I think Phillip Rivers at quarterback in Indianapolis makes them better. Because think about this. This team was kind of reeling because you go into the season thinking it's going to be Andrew Luck. You know, he pulls the rug right from under uh, the organization by saying he's he's shutting it down. He's done. A surprise retirement. Brissett was was okay. He was cool. He was all right. But I think Philip Rivers, who's a borderline Hall of Famer, will be better. Even even as old as he is, he's not the guy he was. He threw. Oh man, he aside if if it wasn't for Jameis Winston. I think Phillip Rivers will be much, much more maligned for his performance last year and how much he gave games away. Because I think the Chargers lost pretty much every game by less than a touchdown or by one possession. 
I mean, so and it all came down to him not being able to make plays when he needed to make plays, and he turned over the football. So I think your division has gotten better if you're the Texans, and you look at the situation, you say, what, what makes you excited about this team? David Johnson doesn't excite you, okay? Uh, I don't think Randall Cobb is in. I have not gotten one call on the sports line or on KTSU. I have not gotten one call to say, hey, man, I'm excited about Randall Cooper. Uh, Randall Cobb. I'm excited about Randall Cobb. I, I've not gotten that call. Waiting on that call. So, of course, they'll make some more moves. They'll have a draft. Uh, they'll have a second-round pick, unlike the Minnesota Vikings, who got a first-rounder for Stephon Diggs. But give me your thoughts on that. 832-941-6614. A couple passings in the world of sports. Bobby Mitchell, a Hall of Famer who played with the Cleveland Browns and the Washington Redskins, a dynamic player. Before me, so I don't I don't remember him. I have his football card though, but he's in the Hall of Fame. He passed away at eighty four. Tom Dempsey, the, and I, if you know anything about the history of football, the longest field goal forever and ever and ever was Tom Dempsey making a sixty three yarder. Well, here's the deal: he had no to- he was born with no toes, so he had a special kind of clubbed foot that he kicked with, and he set this record in nineteen seventy. And it wasn't until the nineties. Or maybe in the 2000s that that record was matched, but that happened in Denver where you had that altitude and, and balls travel a little bit further. But I, since then, a couple guys have matched it, and I think one guy has surpassed it. So, uh, but he passed away. I did not know he was Houston Oilers, 1977. I didn't. I didn't know that. Uh, but he. I remember. I, I just remember him on that. But he. Uh, lost his life. He had some uh, dementia issues. He was in a nursing home. He was 73 years old, and he did succumb to the effects of the coronavirus. So that's a casualty. Also, Ed Biles, former Houston Oilers uh, head coach. He's a guy who's been around a lot. Really, really good Houston guy. He worked with Bum Phillips on that defense. He was a a really good defensive coach. Wasn't a, it was a bad time. It was a real bad time for the Oilers when he was the head coach. It just he didn't win. I just remember it was not, you know, those are not good days. But he was a, a heck of a coach. I met him for the first time at a book signing for a writer I knew who re- wrote a book about scouting. And that was back in the 90s. And Ed was just as nice as he could be. I know he was a friend of a lot of media guys. Richard Walker and those guys uh, loved Ed Biles. And uh, sad to see him pass away. He'd been battling with illness for a while. So uh, that has happened. Bobby Hebert's dad succumbed to coronavirus. Um, Bobby Hebert of the New Orleans Saints as well. So that happened. Also, NFL expansion has happened. Want to get your thoughts on that. Had the expansion been underway this year, You're looking at a situation where the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers would have been the teams going to the playoffs. Now, do we need this? No, I mean, to me, it's a money grab. But so all of a sudden, so here's the deal. Let me give you the setup. So now seven teams in each conference will go to the playoffs. There will be three, quote unquote, wild card games on wild card weekend. There will be the the out of the, the top six seeds, the top. Uh, well, the, the number one seed in the conference has a bye week. Everybody else has a game. And so there'll be three games on wild card weekend Saturday and three games on wild card Sunday. So, and then one of those games will be televised a simulcast on Nickelodeon. So the NFL is getting hip to the fact that, hey, we're losing participation. 
Let's do something. Let's see if SpongeBob and Johnny Bravo. I don't know if that's even on the show on that network anymore. I don't know any of the other characters, uh, other shows that are on there. But uh, let's see if Johnny Bravo and, and SpongeBob can help uh, get kids involved in football, a uh, loving football again, which is a great strategy. Because as a kid, my interest started with football cards. There was no Nickelodeon then, but I'm saying if so for Nick, if you maybe get, you can get some kids to watch Nickelodeon and I'm sure they'll do some fun things and some interactive things. So kids will watch some football and you can try to get them started and indoctrinated early since most of those kids won't be allowed to play football anymore because of CTE and the like. So with that, that is, I mean, there's a lot more going on in the world of sports, but that's it for headlines. For more content, go to WaysWordProductions.com. Time for We the People. In the We the People segment, I hear from you guys. I check in with you guys on Facebook. And, of course, I check the sports line at 832-941-6614. I started by asking you guys, and these are a little bit dated now because, of course, I hadn't done a podcast in a long, long time. But I started by asking, which quarterback would you take first, Cam Newton or Jameis Winston? Of course, both of those guys are free agents now, and they are looking for work. To the tune of about 78%, you guys took Cam Newton over Jameis Winston. So I think Cam, of course, the former MVP. My only question about that is Jameis, uh, I mean, actually is Cam's health. If Cam can be what Cam was, I think it's a no-brainer. And it also depends on your offense. But he's a former MVP. But if you are opening this thing up wide open and throwing 50 times a game, which not a lot of teams are, then Cam Newton is your guy. That's why I think with all the weapons in Los Angeles for the Chargers, the former San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers, I think that's a great fit for him because you have so much talent at wide receiver. Of course, Tyrod Taylor is penciled in to be the starter there, but I think Jameis would be a better option. I really do. Any guy that can throw 36 touchdowns, he's the dude. And you have Keenan Allen, Terrell Williams. Uh, let's see, who do you have? The tight end, Hunter Henry, Eckler out of the backfield. So, you know, their weapons there. So, if I'm the Chargers, I would take Jameis over Cam. But, of course, uh, Cam, again, if he's healthy, he's your guy. Now, the next thing that I asked was, would you guys take Antonio Brown? 80% said no. 80% said no. <laughs> they don't want any part of him. <laughs> so they don't want to deal with him at all. And 20% said yes. And finally, the final question I asked you guys, what player is most valuable to the Dallas Cowboys' success? Dak Prescott, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Zeke, uh, or Amari Cooper? Nobody chose Amari Cooper, but Amari Cooper just got a five-year, $100 million deal. And Dak has not had a – he doesn't have a deal as of recording time, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's what's going to happen there. So from that standpoint, I think you're looking at a situation where the Cowboys are going to have to find a way to take care of Dak Prescott. Uh, to me, he is – it's hard to say he's the most valuable, but it's hard to make him the highest-paid player in football. But, again, timing is everything. And if you can get it, get it. Do I think he's the most valuable player in the league and deserving of being the highest paid? No. But, again, mo usually the guy that's the highest paid in the league doesn't deserve it. There are other guys that are better at the time. It's all about 
the need of your organization when you come up who just signed the deal before you so from that standpoint that gets your money i hope you get paid and let the chips fall where they may as it pertains to salary cap issues for the dallas cowboys but they're trying to give everybody money they gave ezekiel elliott his money last year and they gave uh mari cooper his money this year let's see how much they have left you you have to believe at some point it's going to be a problem for them. now, And that's not to mention that we may be looking at a situation where the salary cap may fall after next year. Now, that would be interesting. I don't know if they'll give them an exemption. Because, again, we don't know when football is going to start, if it's going to start on time, if uh, you know, economically people will be there to support it. Will you have as many direct ticket, NFL ticket purchases? Will you have uh, the same amount of, uh, of sponsorship money available? Will you have the viewership? I don't know. Now you have other things competing with the NFL. Maybe the NBA Finals. Maybe, maybe, or we know the Masters uh, has been rescheduled for November. Stuff like that. So it's conceivable that the salary cap will fall after this year. Going into, not this season, but next season. So if you tie yourself up too much with these bad, well, these big deals. I don't know if they are necessarily bad. I think in some cases they're bad deals. Then your team could be faced with sort of a bunch of salary cap casualties moving forward with that let's uh, check out the phone lines of course you can call 24 hours a day 832-941-6614 let's get your thoughts on the phone line let's see what we got what's up Devin Wade it's your boy Nate Jones calling the time in on your question about Antonio Brown and whether if I or anyone with a GM whether we would sign him or not me personally I would not sign Antonio Brown right now you know, sometimes in life, you can be good or great at what you do, and that still may not be enough. This is one of those times. Antonio Brown, and this should go without saying, is a Hall of Fame level talent. When healthy or available for that matter, he's a top five wide receiver at worst, I think. You know, his situation is not uncommon. There are talented people in every industry out there who unfortunately have too much baggage to bear. It is what it is. It ain't personal. It's just business. So, no, I wouldn't sign Antonio Brown because my goal is to win a Super Bowl. It's hard to do that when you have unnecessary distractions on your squad. It's hard enough to do that anyway. And, unfortunately, Antonio Brown has proven that he's the current king of unnecessary distractions. So, no, at this point, I wouldn't. If I were an NFL GM, I would not sign AB. I would, however, hope that someone else does so that we can see whether he's worth signing in the future. So I, I think that's what most teams are doing. They're sitting back, waiting on somebody else to go out there and take a shot at him. I mean, hell, he couldn't make it with the Raiders, bro. And the Raiders, at least in the 2000s when Al Davis was still alive, God bless his soul, they would go out there and sign distractions, like talented distractions, and try to make it work. He couldn't even make it work with the Raiders, bro. And then he couldn't make it work with the Patriots. So, I mean, if you can't make it work with Bill Belichick, bro, I think teams are looking at that and they're like, damn, you couldn't make it with one of the most dysfunctional franchises, and then you couldn't make it happen with one of the most functional franchises. So what chance do we have? We'll see, man. If he can keep his head down, keep quiet, stay out of trouble, which he's for the most part he's done. I know he needs to stay out. He needs to stay out social media, fam. He just needs to like just chill the f out for a minute. He may get another shot, but for now, I don't know. It ain't looking good, man. Unfortunately. And I want Antonio Brown to be in the league. Peace. Thanks so much, Nate, for checking in. We certainly appreciate it. You know, Nate spits that fire. He went after you Texans fans in a big, big way. And I was expecting somebody to respond to that. But if you want to, give us a call, 832-941-6614. But you know what? I agree with him on Antonio Brown. And this is coming from a guy who I normally really discount what we call 
team distractions because we don't know what's going on in the locker room. And a lot of times guys are not worried about a lot of things. But what he did in Pittsburgh was so disruptive. And I tell you what, man, it he no, I can't I can't deal with him and I think that he has bigger issues than that. And I went after the NFL and I've sort of been talking bad about the NFL for not handing out his discipline. But it turns out that the NFL was doing the right thing. So I have to apologize to Roger Goodell on this one because they were awaiting charges in Florida. And in fact he got three felony charges. I talked about it on KTSU Sports Talk, but he has some serious charges he's facing about jumping on a delivery driver in Florida. Uh, some crazy, crazy stuff from Antonio Brown and he's not ready for prime time yet if he ever will get an opportunity I'm not sure I'm not sure what's going to happen with Antonio Brown let's see what's next hey what's up Devin this is EL uh, man it's kind of been a slow sports week so far um, seems like everybody's kind of uh, trying to guess where some of these big free agents are going and you know you kind of brought it up last show with just talking about how exciting the Bucks with James Winston were to watch and so I just kind of want to give my take on where I think he should go. Will he actually do it? You know, who knows? But, uh, man, I really think there's only one coach that can, you know, take some of those interceptions out of him. And, I mean, I get it's ideal for him to go start somewhere, but it's sounding like he's going to have to sit somewhere anywhere anyway. So um, why not sit under the coach that can teach you the best? And I think that's Andy Reid. Obviously, he would never – have the starting role but you know who knows quarterbacks go down all the time and that'd be good for Kansas City because um, even though he's not Pat Mahomes it'd be at least a good transition he'd be able to win him some games obviously he'd have to take a major pay cut and kind of pull the Teddy Bridgewater type deal where you know he sits for a couple years maybe spot starts here and there and but I think when he does spot start for a team like Kansas City man He'd really be able to light it up, cut down on the turnovers, you know, even just become a better player from sitting one or two years. And by the time he'd be done there, uh, I think there'd be a lot of teams wanting him on their squad. Um, yeah, so that's why I think he should go. Thanks for checking in, EL, as always. But, you know, what? I disagree. I don't think Kansas City is the spot for him. There are other teams that I think would be better fits for Jameis Winston. I don't think you want to be around uh, backing up a young quarterback who yeah of course he had the the injury last year but he only missed like a game or two and he was right back at it so i don't think that's the fit for him i think a fit might be somewhere like jacksonville we don't know what they're gonna do behind Gardner Minshew. uh what about minnesota behind kirk cousins what about behind matt ryan in the division so there's some teams out there that will be pretty good fits uh, for him. And I think right now he can sort of hold out and pick his spots. I think going forward, <laughs> come August, he'll have to get him a job anywhere he can get a job. So I think right now maybe he has a little wiggle room to, to and some discretion, but I think it depends on where Cam goes. And, and I think then that may dictate where he ends up or vice versa in that situation. Going to take a time out, come back on the other side of the conversation with Mark Gray. Still have the not just sports talk uh, portion of the show. We talked to Kalina, and we have some good news with her, and I have some trivia coming up. So, and, and of course, the Lamont Award. So, a lot going on. A full show for you this time out. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcasts. 
Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Chili Bill Smith, the legendary Chili Bill Smith, has midday groove on KTSU, but he's world-renowned. Everybody knows Chili Bill. And you can check him out. I checked him out on Club Corona. Uh, he did Facebook Live, and that was on point Saturday night. So I think he'll be doing that for Saturday. Uh, so if you're looking for something to do on Facebook Live, Chili Bill Smith is the guy you want to check out. And if you have music or a mix you would like to submit, hit us up at music at wadeswordproductions.com. That's music at wadeswordproductions.com. Please make sure that it's... It's uh, primarily radio edit. Yeah, we sort of fi- family friendly here. So with that, here is our conversation with veteran media guy. I'm talking a guy who has done print, uh, radio, television. He's done it all. ESPN. Uh, he's been all over the place. And of course, I've been knowing him for 20 plus years. But here's our conversation uh, with him about what's going on in the Washington D.C. area in the D.M.V. How are you this afternoon? How are you guys holding up in the D.M.V.? Oh, well, you know we. They're crazy like everybody else. I mean, we was expecting to, um, you know, hang a banner this week. Oh, we were really finally having a, ra- a, 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 a reason to celebrate opening day and can't drown your sorrows in basketball. So challenging time to be a sports fan, even worse to be in the sports business. But I guess we do have bigger things to worry about. Yeah, and I want to ask you, and I want to get into some sports stuff uh, to the extent that we can. I want to ask you about the area. How's your area? How's like Baltimore, D.C.? How are those areas faring as it pertains to this outbreak? We haven't hit our epicenter, so we haven't reached the peak, according to all the experts. So um, I'm waiting to see when the proverbial, um, I guess, bottom falls out so we know how many people will be infected, uh, uh, you know, ultimately be infected. And But it, the, the area is on lockdown. We've got this grand spanking new MGM casino and hotel that is literally 10 minutes from my house. And to drive past there every single day, Devin, and just look at 
you know, it's a casino and it, it's always open. There's something always going on there. And to drive past it and to see how it just sits there like an old stadium, I probably equate it to what you do when you go past the Astrodome every day. It's surreal, bruh. It really is. I mean, I'm, I'm working, you know, off-site telemark, uh, I mean, teleworking, no interactions with people, man. It is just really, um, you know, I thought not 9-11 had really, you know, uh, changed my outlook on some things. But just to be like, you know, almost forced into solitary confinement, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah, and we've been through uh, some of this stuff with like uh, uh, Hurricane Harvey and Allison, where we sort of been uh, sort of confined due to like floodwaters or storms. But yeah, this is a different entity when you can go out there and see the sun and, and feel the breeze and know that no, it's it's just you, you can't go many places. And I'm telling you, man, I'm not playing with these people. I'm not going out. I I go to the grocery store maybe yeah. once a week, and then I, I go to the radio station, which uh, KTSU has done a tremendous job of making sure that we're safe and all of the supplies are there to wipe things down there are plenty of, you know there's plenty of sanitizer nobody's there but the on-air personality essentially uh and so you know they've done a really good job about that but aside from that man i am in the house and uh just coping with it the best way that i can but i want to ask you about some sports stuff what are you missing the most the in, the stretch of the nba season uh the opening well the beginning of baseball season or uh what would be what this would be final four weekend here? Uh, yeah, and, so, that's, and and that's where I'm going with you right now. You know, you know, there's that rush of the first week in baseball, but you know, you got till Memorial Day, Memorial Day, pardon me, before baseball really has a texture every season. You need to pay that first month, month and a half of the season to get a feel for it. The NBA playoffs, well, they wouldn't have started yet. So this is the Final Four time, man. It's just, it's been sick without the tournament, man. I mean, uh, I will say this. Uh, this has been a great time for the millennials to brush up on their appreciation for Michael Jordan and James Worthy. Oh, my goodness. Some of the old school stuff that they've been showing, particularly of young Worthy, at North Carolina, I mean, I, I think historically James Worthy is being sold short. I don't know about you, Oh, bro. no question, no, because we were in the 82, we as in the University of Houston, were in the, 80, right. the 82 Final Four. The, the guys on that team, honestly, were Sam Perkins and James Worthy. So those were the, right. those were the guys on that North Carolina team. Then you had Darty, you and of course you had Jordan, and you you had guys, and of course he hit the shot in the championship game that that, that made the difference for, for them. But in that fi- in the the semifinal, he played well, um, but it was more about Rob Williams not playing well against North Carolina, having the worst game of his career probably since middle school. Uh, but yeah, no, Jordan was the third best, at least the third best player on that North Carolina. Team and and I think when you you see these little competitions where they who is the best college player in the brackets these people are idiots man because this Kareem that was ignorant that was, <laughs> that, was, that, was that was the dumbest uh, I mean you know and it's sad we all been there it's like it's like the whole sports world right now knows what it's like to be a talk show host that second week of July every year after the All Star break because they're just grasping for ideas. That was a big blow to uh, ESPN's credibility, in my opinion, dude. But well, they mean, let the fans vote. Your audience and you sell your soul. Uh, you, come on, man. That, that was ignorant. Once, what was it? Shaq beat Kareem. Oh, I, I was done. I was like, you know, you know, 
Take your game and go home. Right. I don't but they play let with the, you anymore. Right. They let the fans vote. And and again, if you're gonna if you're gonna let the fans vote, then you need to make a case for each guy. Like you need to have advocates show like because these people don't remember and, and they don't a lot of folks don't do the research and they and then they sort of are biased. They don't respect it. That's the thing that gets me, man. Yeah. They won't respect the yeah. research. I'll say this about the NBA. They've done a really good job, like you said, of showing games. I think the NFL can do a better job of going back and showing games. You don't have to say, show stuff from 2019. Let's go back into the archives and dust off some some old games where you can see uh, Earl Campbell, Franco Harris, or you know any of these guys in their prime. I mean, I would love to see a Jim Brown game in context. I want to see the whole game, not just highlights. I want to see Gale says if you have that footage. We, we want to see these guys in real time and what it looked like to be a fan at that time and I think the NFL needs to do a better job of digging into their archives so we can get familiar with we know the names but just see these guys play. But you're old you need to understand that face it you're old okay you will sit and watch black and white you will sit and watch something non-standard or non-high definition that ain't happening right now we have a new generation of sports fans that is all about high definition that is all about video graphics making the game even better than it is to watch television right now. So, you know, that's why we don't see it anymore. Everything is programmed to generations beneath us. And, and, and again, you what you do is you ruin – you skew the historical perspective of these guys when you got an opportunity. And again, that's where the parents and the dads have to sit the sons down and daughters down and say, hey, you're going to watch this with me. <laughs> you can't be a Cleveland Brown fan and you can't be a Clevelander and not have watched Jim Brown play or whatever, you know. It's like, and, and I'll just throw his name out here. I don't need, I don't want this to come off as taking a shot because Santana, my guy. But when people start saying Redskins great, Santana Moss. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You putting up, you, you mentioned Santana Moss in the same breath as Art Monk? I don't know. I don't know if I want to go there. It's almost like blasphemy. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, now, and, that was my favorite team when you talk about with with, with Clark and even going back a little bit further with Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown and Monk, man, mm-hmm. and, and, and Didier, man, that was one of my teams, man. The Hogs. The Smurfs. Yeah, man, those are my teams. So, and I had two favorite teams: my Houston teams and anybody playing against Dallas. And that for, well, I, for a stretch, that the Redskins were the team that could beat them all of the time. And uh, that's when I became a Redskins fan. So, yeah, I'm familiar with uh, with those teams. But yeah, it would be nice to see. How about how about a game where you can see John Riggins carry the ball twenty times or whatever? You know, or, or right? You know, that would so be you great. You can understand and fully appreciate the diesel as you would know. Do you know? Youngins down here trying to argue me down that Clinton Porter's was better than John Riggins. Ain't no way in the hell. Okay, right. <laughs> I'm sorry, he wasn't. Right. <laughs> he just he, he he wasn't. I mean, and Riggins did it. He ran hard. He ran fast. He didn't get hurt. Yeah. Clinton ran hard. He ran fast, and he got banged up. And you know, it it, it, it is what it is. But you know, uh, all we can do right now is hope that we're going to see football in the fall. Well, one Meaningful thing, tackle football. Right. And I think, I mean, there, there are ramifications about this that we haven't even begun to understand. 
Uh, when you think about financially, when you talk about college football and, and college athletics and, and some of the things that may be in doubt moving forward, because we know that these uh, some of these athletic budgets will be cut down. But let, I want to shift gears here and talk a little bit about your area and how much they're going to miss baseball, at least getting off to the sort of start that you anticipated. You anticipated the the banner ceremony and all of that stuff and all of the, the rings, whatever came with winning the, the World Series. Uh, how big of a blow is that to, to that region of the world uh, that they didn't get a chance to celebrate the Nationals World Series win? It's funny that you mentioned that. I think what dwarfed it and in some strange way made it a lot, I guess easier to palate, if you will, is the fact that everything shut down and that just kind of tempered the hurt. You had to remind yourself that Thursday was supposed to have been opening day. As it was transpiring, you were like, wow, yeah, you know, that's what to come home. So to that end, there was a, a euphoria that you wanted to relive based upon what you felt at the parade. But it was also tempered by the fact that, A, the team was going to open with six games on the road. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Their reign has been under the shadow of all the other stuff that went with the World Series last year. So, and then you got some real legitimate questions, you know. Is Max Scherzer healthy? How do you replace Anthony Rendon? Which to me was the biggest blow of them all. So there are definitely some questions that were, were, were trying to be answered. But again, this is the first generation of baseball fan. It's not as devastating. Right. Now you ask me that question the second week in September when the NFL is supposed to start and there are no burgundy and gold games on t- TV or the radio. Dude, I'm going to show you a very depressed place. But right now, it's like the the depression is really all about being confined to quarters and just uh, being in the midst of a battle with something you can't see, you can't touch, you can't feel. You know what I'm saying? Right. So so I think the coronavirus, in many respects, is such a heavy story right now that it just dwarfs the fact that we missed out on a celebration and everybody keeps looking for it later on down the road. Well, a couple of things. Do you think the the Redskins are married to Chase Young at the at the number two pick? And then what do you think about bringing in of Kyle Allen? Do you think that that'll open up a competition for Haskins? Well, absolutely it's going to open up a competition, but I think Haskins is the guy. Uh, I think he got physical tools other than the legs that make him the guy that if he's doing what he has to do and he can pick up on Scott Turner's offense, he's going to be the guy. That being said, I think that unless they're blown off their feet and they're sure that they can get either you know Chase Young or the kid Simmons out of Clemson, Isaiah Simmons, I just don't see them going back to the well for another quarterback. I really don't. I think 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 that Kyle Allen comes in and gives them an ability to have a peer in the quarterback room that can teach Haskins the offense. I think Del Rio and Ron Rivera really want to have a difference-making defensive end to come off the edge and do some things and to replace Ryan Kerrigan. I mean, that was a wonderful story. He's a great guy, salt of the earth, kind of guy you want your daughter to bring home for the prom or or maybe even to marry one day. He's just not a dominant defensive end, and it's time for a change there. 
if either Simmons or Chase Young, you believe is that guy, you got to stay there at number two to get him. Unless you know you can get one of them later on down the line and pick up a way to address receiver, tight end, uh, left tackle, then, yeah, you make the move. But I think Chase Young is the guy. Want to ask you a couple uh, quick things before we let you get out of here about the NBA. What do you think uh, about the players potentially being sequestered or, or, or taken to a remote location? How, how do you? How would you want to see that play out? Obviously, we don't know yet if it'll be able to resume at all. But uh, I mean, it, it's looking like at the very least they're going to have to go straight into or nearly straight into some, the NBA playoffs. Or they're going to have to sort of modify how they do the playoffs. What, what, in your opinion, what? How do you see the NBA and how they should transpire? Say they say they can resume in maybe June. Or, or July? Well, if they can resume in June or July, then I just think you play the playoffs out based upon, or or maybe like a, a five, seven game pre-playoff schedule. But I think you got to base it right now off of the, um, you know, final standings before we had the COVID-19 break. That's the only way I think. But in, in all honesty, it might be one of those situations where you just got to get the boot to the season and just put an asterisk. There was no no championship contender for this year. I mean, this uh, I'm totally discombobulated with the whole situation. Last thing you want to happen, Devin, is players to get out there and get hurt. Uh, finely tuned bodies who've kind of wound it down now. Then you want them to start it back up for a sprint, then try to wind it back down. It's really kind of crazy to uh, look at it in this kind of context, but to me, I'm hoping that they can get it started, but if you can't get it started within the next month or six weeks, I'm wondering, is it really worth happening? And do we start pointing to football? I mean, and then where do you sequester anybody? You, you, you talk about you want to play it in, in certain cities. No place is immune because this stuff's in the air. I don't have a clue, bro. Right. I don't have a clue. I'm just I'm just waiting for the all clear. Right. And I, it seems like we're going to be waiting a while, unfortunately. Uh, finally, before we let you get out of here, you got a lot of friends in and around the media. How are some of your guys handling sort of working from home and what are, what are guys doing and are you anticipating a lot of guys in that area losing media jobs behind this? A couple things are in place here. Hey, everybody's struggling for stories. <laughs> okay, that's just how it is right now. Ain't a whole lot going on. That's why everybody is recycling the same old stuff over and over again. To the extent of our layoffs, I'm not quite sure because what I think we're seeing right now, and this might be too much inside the game for the fan base, you can do everything on remote now, bro. Technology, even free technology, has Change the game where you can do video conferencing, you can do podcasts, you don't have to leave. So I still think this is going to be a, a need for content creators, for bloggers, for vloggers, as in video bloggers, for, uh, you know, if you can write, if you can create content, there's always going to be uh, room for you in the game. The trick is, if you're behind the scenes now and doing something other than producing, that to me, or you just 
so caught up on just being talent that you don't know how to do for yourself. I think those are going to be the people that are going to be out of the game quicker. There's going to be a lot of talented, great writers who are going to end up losing jobs to uh, younger, more polished more well-rounded technical people as far as multimedia content content gathering but they're not going to be accurate or committed to telling the real news as opposed to the fake news and i think the business could suffer for early on and finally how can folks reach out to you on social media and uh, what are you working on these days that, that folks can uh, get to well, you can check me out. I'm, I'm, I'm writing again for the Afro-American newspapers. We still are firing up the uh, social media blog at The Sports Group. That's on Facebook and Instagram. And working on a couple things that we may be able to talk about pending uh, whenever COVID-19 gets out of the way. Because I think I'm that, I'm that guy. I don't know if I necessarily want to go back and do five days a week. But I got you for one day a week. <laughs> and I may be able to, you know what I'm saying? Right. I, 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 I might do that. But um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, particularly uh, how football season is going to be uh, impacted by this thing, particularly college football season, because we got a seismic land shift, both in mainstream and HBCU football. And uh, we got to talk about that because some of our schools are about to get those players that we have been asking for for some years now are you ready to treat them like major college athletes is now the next question the perks of being a major college athlete giving kids choices and opportunity to compare are we ready for that i think those are questions that we now got to answer now because a lot of these kids are considering hbcus and once you get them you want to keep them because you don't want this to be the era that runs everybody else off but we can do that the next time, bro. Hey, man. Well, I appreciate you. And, uh, again, I want you to stay safe. I want you guys to stay, stay safe in that region, man. And and uh, we hope to see you safe and uh, healthy on the other side. And then, like I said, we can delve into all sorts of things moving forward as soon as the games start to resume. Yeah, man. It's, the, it's, it's crazy. But um, I will say this in passing. This gives us an opportunity, those of us in this business, even with our sports shows, our entertainment shows, and opportunities to influence, to be influencers of debate, of healthy, critical thought. And that's so important right now in terms of the information that you're getting about this virus and about the upcoming election. And if you know anything about history, wars have driven economies and elections throughout the course of time and don't be misled by the use of a term referencing war you know as you make your election decision let's just say it like that so let's make sure we make sure that people uh fill out the census they uh go out the vote and they make responsible and informed decisions man because you're gonna find out down the road there was massive irresponsibility from, you know, the commander-in-chief at the beginning of this thing that could have probably saved a few more lives and had us in a better place, bro. And we can't have that four more years. No. And, no, no. and I'll just leave it I'll just leave it there. <laughs> no doubt about that. And I, I, I chime in, I chirp in, even though it's a sports podcast from time to time, with my own takes on that. But one of the, uh, thank you again. And, and, again, we'll talk to you soon. All right, bro. Appreciate you, man. Much love.
Appreciate hearing from a Mark Gray, veteran media guy. Right now, I want to go into a conversation with Kalina, and then we have the Lamont Award. Has some good news in our conversation with Kalina, the not just sports talk segment of the show. Just having some good conversation here mixed in with some of the sports talk. So let me know what you guys think about that segment as well and who you'd like to have on the podcast. And we certainly would reach out to them and try to get a conversation with them. But first, I talked about this the very opening here is the trivia question i'm gonna ask you a trivia question a lot of old stuff has been on television lately and of course that means that you get to catch up on things you never saw before and i looked at the old a highlight of the 1984 ncaa championship in basketball georgetown versus the university of houston another heartbreaking loss in my resume as a houstonian and a houston sports fan want to ask you guys a question what was Akeem Olajuwon's number in college now think about that I want you to think about that and the first person to call me with the correct answer will get a sports talk with Devin Wade t-shirt I can't promise you it's gonna fit but we're gonna go into our stock and give away a t-shirt so that's uh you give me a call 832-941-6614 but now let's get into a conversation with Kalina and talk a little bit about theater local theater and of course she's a uh, an actor both uh, professionally and she's done some community theater as well and here are some of her thoughts and some good news so enjoy you listen for any length of time a lot of folks uh, will be familiar for all those who are new you have to go back to way back to past episodes to hear from you but you were quite the contributor at one time and i know i wanted to sort of take the opportunity to welcome some familiar voices since everybody has a little bit of downtime i thought it'd be a great time to catch up with you uh, how are you handling self-quarantining what what have you what have you observed about, about yourself that you didn't know before oh man i think I, I didn't know how much i attributed my purpose and my worth in my work which it shouldn't be right like working is good but like it's not the whole of who I am and as soon as I so I was furloughed and laid off for a brief moment in time and that really messed up like well am I worth anything and what's my purpose in life and did I do anything of worth today and as I've been you know kind of going through this quarantine time, like I'm realizing, of course, I have worse. Of course, I have purpose outside of my work. And that's been a really good self-realization. I can understand that as an I mean, you being an artist, uh, I mean, I'm ta- I, mo- when I think about you, I think, OK, some of the stuff that you do is just what you do to pay the bills. But your your occupation, your vocation is your your acting. So yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised to hear you say that you get any kind of uh, value from just your day to day. I thought for me personally, anything I have to do to pay the bills is what I have to do to pay the bills. But my creativity, the stuff that I create, that is my purpose. And so, you know, I, it doesn't bother me that I may not be able to, you know, do whatever I need to do to pay the bills. It gives me more of an opportunity to, to sort of uh, do what I'm meant to do, and that's create uh, create things, whether it's a podcast or or um, write, work on plays, work on poetry, whatever. Uh, so for me, that's I'm different in that way. I'm surprised to hear you say that in, in that way for you as well. Yeah, I mean... I guess I look at it this way that for theater, the only thing I create is 
I'm an actor and I get to create a new character when I'm on stage, but acting comes and goes. I don't always have a gig. And in fact, a lot of my acting friends, they, they're hurting right now because they had gigs. I didn't have a gig. <laughs> so, I, so I was unemployed for acting anyway. So this time hasn't hit me as hard as a lot of my other friends. Now, when we come into June and I don't have a gig or I'm not auditioning, then I might get a little bit more antsy. But I, you know, I have to hold it in balance. Like, I understand that theater is not always going to be there. Like, it comes and goes, it ebbs and flows. But, like, my money jobs, well, obviously my money jobs aren't going to always be there either, right? <laughs> well, yeah, we know they do, right? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, that's that's the stuff that I, I needed to, you know, make the money and pay the bills and kind of stuff. And when that's gone, that's really hard. Yeah, because again, and we've had these conversations. I guess it's a great form to have it as well, uh, because it's not the not just sports talk with Devin Wade podcast these days. With not much, not not much sports going on, uh, not a lot happening in and around the world of sports. So I'm taking this opportunity to kind of you know sort of branch out and have different sorts of conversations. But I'm surprised to hear. I mean, again, I, I want to go back to where is acting as your calling? Because to me, again, just and maybe because I know you through theater. I see anything else that you have to do, you just have to do. You're doing that in the meantime until you get your next acting opportunity. Yeah. Well, okay. So there are people that like this is acting is their love and their passion. And I totally get it. But when you don't have a job, then they feel like desperate and like, I'm. oh, my gosh, I'm never going to live again. And for me, I, that's not what I want to be about. Like, I love acting. I love being on stage. And I am a full person outside of it. So, like, if I don't get hired, that really stinks. And also, let's, you know, what else can I do? I, I've been doing lots of yoga lately and all that kind of stuff. So, I, you know, I just try to hold it in balance. Like, to love it but not have it be my entire life. Now, as an actor, I mean, you sort of have evolved a little bit. Because initially, I know you wanted to move to L.A. I know you did some some wanted to do more television work you've done some stuff and you wanted to do more uh, commercials you had an agent at one time and now you seem to be evolving in a uh, into a more practical way of thinking is that is that true or are you still married to the idea of yeah i'm i'm theater or bust or i'm actor or, or bust no 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 i'm i'm gonna be doing theater and acting for as long as i can I think it's been a little bit more realistic and like there are other passions I have. Like I want a retirement fund. (laughs) (laughs) I want a house maybe one day. And that doesn't mean like I don't move around and I don't do jobs elsewhere, but definitely like, you know, I don't, I don't know that I want to be a gypsy for the rest of my life until I'm like 70. And I think with not that I'm old at all, I'm not older, but I am like looking at what is it going to look like for me to be 50 or 60 and I don't have my financial stuff set up for myself. So I'm more than happy and open to the idea of moving to to do theater, but I also got to like make sure that I'm I'm living financially healthy. I don't want to be like literally starving actor. 
<laughs> well, yeah, and and I think people don't understand this about people that you see on screen, and I think that's where you have a little bit more experience with actors. But I think it's a kinship uh, between you guys, even when uh, one makes it big. So you mean you may have an actor that really makes it big, but he doesn't. I mean, he or she doesn't look down on actors who hadn't gotten those opportunities because they know what it's like to struggle. It's sort of a a really a close knit community in that way. Have you found that to be your experience? Because that's just sort of what I've I've kind of. And again, I'm on the fringes, and and to a degree, uh, we're on the fringes together because again, we're not in on Broadway or or uh, in L.A. making movies or whatever. Uh, but have you found that to be the case? Oh, yeah, 100%. So I, I do have friends that are in L.A. One of my uh, one of the people I went to school with, he got um, he's been on several commercials, but he was in a Super Bowl commercial this past year. And you know what? He still has one of his plays that is coming to Houston. Like he's still really connected to the Houston theater community. I know another guy. Um, he's been on like every CBS show possible. I see him. And I'm like, oh, that's my friend. That's my friend Roland. We went to school together. And he often talks with me about like acting. That there's no wrong path or no right path to do it. Like he went the acting route and it's taken him like a decade a full decade to get to where he's at and he's just he's just doing cbs shows he's not like in every single movie and similarly you know i'm doing my my thing here in theater and that's it's a good place for me we're both acting and we're both making money right and and i wonder what is the balance for you between financial reward and just the art of doing what your soul has told you to do? I mean, what's in your spirit to do? Yeah, that's a good question because that's something I'm still trying to figure out. Like, I, I have lots of conversations with my friends and a lot of them are really big about you must be paid for your work. I am less committed to that. Like, if something, if I love the script and I'm willing to commit the time and I got nothing else going on, yeah, I'll do something for lesser pay or no pay. But for sure, like if there's something like a paid gig, that's something I want to consider probably a little bit higher than something that is not paid at all. Right. So I asked that because a lot of folks, uh, this to me, I, I found sort of two types of, of actors. One that well, you want to be famous, you want to be rich and famous, and that's your goal. And then I found others that are just they, they have to do this. This is something that they have to do. And a lot of times they build their lives around. Yeah, I have the whatever security that I can have financially, but I'm doing my, I'm creating my security so I can do what I was born to do in my art. Where are you on that spectrum? Did you did you start off wanting to be you know on the big screen, and, or did you say, "Hey, I have to perform. I have this is something I have to do." Well, I really like telling stories, so for me, telling really good stories is important to me. Yeah, I definitely wanted to be famous when I was younger, and then you kind of figure out all the stuff that comes with that. So nowadays, it, there's there's easier ways to be famous. You don't have to do the acting route. You can take a million videos of yourself for TikTok. You don't have to do theater or movies. So I'm, I want to find some type of balance between the two. Like, I would love to be accessible to everyone, but I don't want to tell bad stories or stories that are you know poorly written or characters that are poorly written. I want to be able to have integrity in my art while also trying to make it accessible to people. And whether or not I'm known for that is whatever. I don't, 
it's nice, but I don't need it. So how have you grown as an actor since the time that we first, very first worked together? I mean, I have my answer, but I'm asking you personally. <laughs> I really want to know your answer. Um, you know what? I, okay, this is what I'll say about you from knowing you. <laughs> one, one of the things that I always said about you is that you, I don't think you were accepting of all characters and, and you couldn't relate to a lot of characters. And I thought that you needed more living, more seasoning, more adversity and coming through that to be able to connect with characters because you were very unsympathetic or very, you couldn't identify like, why would that, you know, you know, why would she do that? Oh, I no, I wouldn't do that. That's crazy to me. And now I think through your evolution and working more and your personal journey you have learned a little bit more about life and i think that makes some characters more relatable that's just my opinion yeah i i would say that i think that's true some of that i wouldn't say i'm unsympathetic but that's okay i think judgmental how about that <laughs> that's worse <laughs> no <laughs> i think definitely growing as a person going through my own personal journey and having life happen I don't want to say to me but like life just happened and I had to go through it that definitely has matured me as a person and helped me to to see more aspects of life that I had not previously experienced so I think that and also like for me when I act I act out of love so all of my choices I do out of love of something, whether that's love of money or myself or the other character, because that's the type of person that Kalina is trying to be, is somebody who acts in love first. So I think being more empathetic and open to people and their circumstances and just who somebody is exactly as they are, that has opened me up as an actor as well. Like, when I do tough scenes where it's like very emotional before, I was very shut off. I did not very aware of my emotions, but like to remember that we're all in this together, that brings out a love for my community, a love for my acting partner, a love for the people around me. And so then I can easily express whatever emotion I need to express on stage. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> Well, I mean, we'll let the listeners sort of work through that and see how they process it. But I mean, I understand what you're saying. Um, I, I I tend to think that a lot of actors, are really an artist, and, and that goes for writers as well. Through your art, you're trying to work out things within yourself or maybe some, create some more understanding of, uh, of who you are through portraying or or writing or creating or interpreting uh, different characters. Uh, do, do you find that to be the case at all? Uh, you're working through stuff uh, of your own through the characters and through the work on stage? Yes and no. More no. Like, I've finally gotten to a place where I can say this is the character. However, like, being a different character always forces me to identify with something that isn't me. So in my trying to become this new character and express these thoughts and ideas that are not my own, I am working out, like, what are my own values about what's happening to this character and how do I feel about it personally? So I may not be working it out, like, on stage, but definitely in my own 
my mind and my own personal time, there are things that I'm like processing through when I'm acting. And, and let me ask you a couple more things before I put you to work, because since we have <laughs> you here, we're going to put you to work a little bit. When you think about the roles you've been able to play, what role has sort of been the most similar to who you are as a person off stage? What character, and maybe give us a description because I, I, if it's a if it's a, a sort of a famous piece, we may not uh, know. But just tell us who that character is and what you felt like you identified most with. I think so. I did the show called The Effect, and it was about two people that were in a drug testing study and they fall in love but they don't know if they're falling in love because they actually are like spending six weeks with each other or because of this drug that they're testing and they're taking there is a part of her when she first starts out in the show like she's very like prim and proper and like whatever it is that you want i'm gonna i want to please the doctor i want to be able to get into this this study but then she like as the play goes on, her walls kind of come down and she's won over by this guy and she's kind of been made vulnerable. And ultimately, like, there's a huge blow up and just all of these emotions come flooding out of her. And I think that's a lot like me, um, where I I definitely have, like, you've said this a million times and it's for, sh- for sure true. Like, you don't know really know me. I show myself differently to every single person. Nobody fully knows all of me and so like for sure i can put on a mask in front of somebody and act prim and proper but like with time and with the right person and with working on it you can come and see like different aspects and deeper parts of me yeah i've seen a lot of parts of you and it's it's, (laughs) yeah yeah and no what i see no this is what i see i see how you are with one group of people one person and then i see how you are with a different a whole entirely different set of people and a set of circumstances and it's it's an interesting case study i'm telling you they can they can write books about you <laughs> you have you're very segmented about how you people don't know they do not they think they know they don't have any idea so i don't know <laughs> It's interesting. I'm telling you, it's very interesting. Um, before uh, uh, we again, before I get you to work, a uh, shout out to all the theaters. What do you think this? Uh, what is gonna? What do you think this is gonna look like on the other side for community theater, for professional theater here in the city of Houston? Have you heard any ways that people are able to support these theaters? I know the the ensemble has canceled their season. What do you think is going to happen? And, and have you heard of any ways you can help uh, community theater or local theater during this really unfortunate hiatus? Yeah, for sure. Um, so most theaters have canceled their seasons. And that is really tough because, one, a lot of them were just now getting financially set from Harvey and Harvey happened how many years ago, two, three years ago. And so it's taken this long for them to be just okay. And then this happened. And so this is pushing a lot of theaters back financially, them investing all of this money into shows that were actually trying to be put up that they should have been running right now and they got canceled. So that's a loss on their money as well. I think so I'm not going to say community theaters are better off. I don't think they are. I think all theaters are in a really rough place right now. Community theaters are going to be working with a smaller budget 
they're always dependent on their patrons to support them. So I think that they will have a smaller hill to get over. The professional theaters, I think that there are even some that may not make it. I don't know. But the things that you can do for sure, if you already bought a ticket for the theater, for the show, whether that's what's supposed to be happening now or later in the season, to donate it back to the theater. Like, instead of asking for the refund, just go ahead and say, you know what, you can keep the the money. Also, um, I know that the Alley, they're doing a, like, multi-million dollar fundraiser. Because, you know, of course, the Alley in Houston is our largest theater. They have corporate sponsorship and all that stuff. But they are struggling themselves because they they were just okay with Harvey and then this happened. So, like, whether you can just donate money or if you bought a ticket, just have them keep that money from the ticket. I know there's a couple of theaters also that are putting up their shows for streaming, so you can buy a ticket to that show. And it's like 20 bucks, which is so reasonable. I know that stuff that's online right now, like the straight from the the movie theater to your screen or whatever that's called, like that's 20 bucks. So can you spend 20 bucks on watching 1984 from the alley um, while it's up? So those are some of the things that you can do now. Well, that sounds good. I want to do a segment since we have you here to, to do some stuff. Let's do a segment where we talk about some good news. Let's talk about some things that makes us, uh, makes us happy. What's going on in and around the world of sports to make us feel good. Yes, so there are a few things that are happening, and a lot of you may have heard of these things, but it's just really good to hear. So the New Orleans Pelicans forward Zion Williams announced on Instagram that he's going to help cover salaries for those who are working at the Smoothie King Center for the next 30 days. Cleveland Cavaliers' Kevin Love has pledged $100,000 to benefit workers at Cleveland's Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Also, we have Houston's own J.J. Watt and his wife, Kalia Ohai. They donate $350,000 to the Houston Food Bank. Russell Wilson and his wife, Sierra, donated 1 million meals via Food Lifeline, which is a member of Feeding America, to people in Seattle. Drew Brees donated $5 million to the state of Louisiana. And of course, we know that New Orleans is a real hotbed to COVID. And finally, something that I thought was really interesting, the University of Michigan is considering turning their Stephen M. Ross athletic campus into a field hospital. And that field hospital would be able to hold 500 beds. Um, so of course, we don't want to see those beds filled up. But if, if that is needed, I really hope that they are able to make that happen. Yeah, in addition to that, I know Janice McNair for the Texans, she gave $500,000 and then the Texans gave another $100,000. One of those were allocated for food banks and the other it was for I think displaced workers I think that's right uh, also Justin Verland and his wife Kate Upton they are donating what well, he's donating uh, the, his salary that he's getting from Major League Baseball for the next few months uh, to different causes he's not going to take that check he's going to commit that to uh, various charitable causes so a lot of athletes are stepping up in a big big way individual players on the Texans and the Astros Correa Carlos Correa I'm sure Altuve a few of them have done some things a number of them have and a number of them don't want publicity for them but have done them nonetheless so that definitely makes you feel good and that is definitely good news for people who want to appear into the life of Kalina how can they reach you on social media 
Yes, I am on Instagram at SoCali, C-A-L-L-Y. You can also reach me on Twitter at SoCali underscore S. Well, when sports resumes, we'll have to get your take on some sports stuff on the other side. But it's always good to have a different kind of conversation, not just sports talk. And you gave us a little bit of insight into the world of local theater, community theater, and professional theater here in the city of Houston. So we certainly appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Devin. I want to thank Elena for checking in. And again, an interesting conversation about the theater. But now it is uh, the time that you have been waiting for. It's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award usually goes to someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy of the episode this time out we left the world of sports to the world of hip-hop we went to a guy that i'm not familiar with a guy named playboy cardi now if you really know him you maybe you know him you like him maybe he's known by many people i wouldn't know him if he walked in the room and slapped out of me i i wouldn't know him i'm not familiar with his music I've heard the name because you hear the name out in the atmosphere. You just hear the name. So I'm, I've heard the name before, Playboy Cardi. Well, Playboy Cardi, whose real name is Jordan Terrell Carter, was arrested Thursday after the 23-year-old rapper was pulled over in a Lamborghini that had expired tags. Now, this is from the Clayton County Sheriff's Office. After pulling over the vehicle, authorities found 12 bags of marijuana, three guns, Xanax, codeine, and oxycodone. Both Carter and another man whom police identified as Jalen Tucker were taken into custody at Georgia's toughest paramilitary jail. Carter was charged, uh, Playboy Cardi, <laughs> let's, let's, I don't want you to get confused here. Playboy Cardi was charged with marijuana possession, improperly passing an emergency vehicle, and not displaying a revalidated decal on his license plate. Now, that's according to the online records. So let's get this straight. You are a 23-year-old black man in Georgia. Now, I'm not saying this is right, but this is what's real. You know that you're in a Lamborghini as a young black man. And maybe they can't even tell that you're a black man. Maybe you had you had your tents up or whatever. I, maybe they don't even know that. But you're in a, a Lamborghini. You're yelling, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm in a Lamborghini. That's not something you see. That's not a Toyota Camry. You, 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 when you see one, you know one. Even if you're not a car person, that's not something you see every day. So you know you have a bullseye on your back because of that. Then you have an expired tag. Now, you should be aware of this. You should never, ever, ever ride around with 12 bags of marijuana, three guns, Xanax, codeine, and oxycodone in a Lamborghini. You just shouldn't do that. I just don't know. What are you thinking? This is beyond ridiculous. This is like the epitome of dumb So now, again, I'm not talking about what's right. I'm telling you what's real. You are dumb as hell to ride around with 12 bags of marijuana, three guns, Xanax, codeine, and oxycodone in your vehicle that's a Lamborghini. So 
you're in jail. You're in real big jail. I mean, this is serious jail. They're not taking this lightly. You may or may not get a slap on the wrist. I don't know. It doesn't sound like this is something that's going to go down very easy. Don't know how stringent the laws are in the state of Georgia, but I can't imagine it's going to go well for you. So this guy I read about Playboy Cardi, and it seems as though he was engaged to or is engaged to Iggy Azalea. Now, that name I've heard. And uh, earlier, I guess not so long ago, they were robbed of $366,000 worth of jewelry. That was back in November. So the, he has a lot going on, 23 years old. And I'm telling you, man, you are absolutely a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Playboy Cardi, that you are really are a big, big dummy for this one. I mean, we see this happen time and time again. It adds to the adage that youth is wasted on the young. You're 23 years old, and you have a Lamborghini. You have, uh, you had, and I'm sure you were insured for $366,000 worth of jewelry. So you you have it going on financially. Good for you. Whatever your talent is, you've capitalized on that. But then you go and just give it away. You give away, probably you're going to give away your freedom. And again, I'm not advocating crime. And I know I do this all the time. And it seems like, well, you know, why are you advocating any kind of crime? I'm not saying you should ever ride around with Xanax, codeine, three guns, and 12 bags of marijuana. I'm not saying you should ever do that. But what I am saying is, if you are going to do that, you certainly cannot do it the way you did it. And when you do it the way you did it, you end up in jail and you end up getting the Lamont Award. And so with that, before I let go. Before I let go, I want to thank uh, Kalina, want to thank Mark Gray, want to thank our DJ, the world-famous Chili Bill Smith for the mix. I uh, want to thank our sponsor, Cobank Homes. want to thank you guys most importantly. want to thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I need that feedback. want to hear from you guys, uh, 832-941-6614. And, of course, I want to hear from, from you on social media at Wade's Word, dwade909 on Instagram, and, of course, on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group and don't forget to visit the website wadeswordproductions.com and as always remember these four things number one I don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening two I ain't got no money three I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice and four bye <laughs> this has been the sports talk with Devin Wade podcast remember you can follow him on Twitter at Wadesword. Thank you for listening.
You should let me love you Let me be the one 